So Thanksgiving is a proper time, and I, I have, a, for me, a wonderful message regarding Thanksgiving. And that is the Jewish people. They have a really special holiday. It's, and they go crazy. And that's a compliment. But they make our New Year's Eve look tame when they start celebrating this one particular holiday. That makes me laugh. <laughs> it's called Purim. And boy, oh boy, do they, do they cut the carpet. Uh, they do everything to celebrate the holiday because what a holiday. You see, they were in this certain country. And the king of Sushan was a mighty king, Esther's husband, you'll know him, over 127 provinces, an enormous power over a multitude of countries. This guy was a heavy, heavy guy, really something, very powerful. And in this country, he had, let's call it a prime minister. And this man had the favor of the king. Whatever he said, the king would agree to. Well, lo and behold, this man, the prime minister was an Amicalite, a, I mean, a mortal enemy of the Jewish people. That began in the days of Joshua, where they were supposed to be exterminated, they weren't. Saul was supposed to exterminate them, he didn't. And along this story, here is the, I mean, the enemy of Israel, of the Jews. And there he is in a position of power. Well, again, this is a mortal battle that God wanted one years before been going on for a long, long time. So lo and behold, there's this fellow by the name of Mordecai. And you, we know the story, he's Esther's uncle. And he, like the normal Jew, refused, but refused to bow to an Amicalite. I ain't bowing to that guy. That's not happening. And the man became enraged. When he found out that he was a Jew, well, that's it. He was not satisfied now with destroying Mordecai, which he could have done in, in a moment, but his greed got to him. He so hated the Jewish people that he decided, I have an idea. I'm gonna exterminate almost 20 million people all across the world in one day. And be out of his insanity, this rage kept Mordecai alive because get a load of this. This is why it's called Purim. That's like to draw lots. Because he was so superstitious and he believed in all of his witch doctors and soothsayers that the right day to do this was a matter of luck. So this went on for month after month. The lots wouldn't come out. So he wouldn't kill the Jewish people. Finally, he gets the day. Aha, the stars are telling me and the, the witch doctors are telling me this is the day to exterminate them. Ridiculous story. It makes you laugh. But that's what he was doing. So now when the, they announce it, that on this particular day, and, and it was ingenious, he got the Jews to pay for their own extermination. Because the message was, if you kill a Jew, you can take his house, his farm, his wineries, his business, it becomes yours. So in effect, he appealed to greed, and the Jewish money was gonna pay for the Jewish debts. Genius, wicked, you know, Wisdom from beneath, dark wisdom. But there it was. And the story, the reason the Jews, I'm telling you the end before the beginning, the reason the Jews celebrate this, and they go bonkers. I mean, I don't want to make fun of it because it's beautiful. It's just so happy and childish and innocent that it sounds funny. 
but it's a glee, it's a thanksgiving. They know how to say thank you to God. That's why to this day, Old Testament theology, look how blessed they are. There's no denying that there is the fig tree alive and well. There's no denying it because they are a passionate, passionate people. I, I mean, I wish Christians would do this. And they say Thanksgiving, the older men dance, they dress up, they, they dress up in crazy costumes, they have games, they scream, and then they read certain chapters in Esther. And every time the name of Haman is mentioned, over 50 times, they jump up, stomp their feet, start screaming, and call them names. All in fun that this monster was destroyed. They celebrate it and they thank God for it in such a passionate way. The lesson, we have Thanksgiving, great. But are we truly grateful the way we should be for life? We're battling, the churches right now are battling due to the prayer request for the lives of many on machines, death sentences. Right now, as we speak here, gonna have breakfast or lunch in a few hours, we're gonna dance and shout and celebrate. But there are people that are suffering at the brink of death as we speak. Are we grateful that that's not us? Are we grateful that we don't have to appeal to churches on different continents to gather, to, to pray? Come on, yes, thank you. That is well done. For whatever reason, the Jews are, I guess, their level of suffering. The only thing you might compare that is to the African-American in slavery or other cultures where the people are in bondage or imprisoned. But they've been at this for thousands of years. So this story then takes a turn that only God, only God can do this. So bear in mind, Haman is the mortal enemy, Mordecai is a Jew, and they have a problem. We know the story. Esther, amazing that the answer would be that a Jewish girl becomes queen of this empire and nobody knows it. So the hands of the Almighty God begin to turn. God places this Jewish girl, but how? How did a Jewish girl, I mean, you can't, you just can't imagine this, become queen of this country? Well, God had put the seeds long before, because there was a queen by the name of Vashti, who was supposed to come and display her beauty, a church that evangelizes, that speaks about God, that's proud of their God. But the Bible says instead, she took all the wealth of her husband and decided to have her own party someplace else. And when he calls her, honey, come show yourself to the world. You're my church, you're my bride, show. She refused. She said no. And that, unfortunately, does represent historically the Jewish nation, that they were given so many chances. And they constantly, but constantly went the other way. Hey, Christians are no better. We're not picking on them. And thank God, God says the law will be reconciled at the end. Thank God for that. Amen. But here's Vashti. She gets him so angry that he, he divorces her on the spot. You're done. Out. How dare you insult me? How dare you not recognize the reason you're filthy rich because I'm your husband? How dare she not acknowledge that? And she's gone. So they have to pick another one. In that contest, they pick Esther, a Jew. So God was running the show long before anybody knew it. You gotta remember that. 
If you think you're in a bad way, which Israel was, God's running the show. It may not look like it, but the seeds of your victory have been planted. He's playing a game. You just don't see it just yet. But your success is assured, trust me. You, you don't know this wonderful Jesus just yet. Believe me, this book is marvelous. Now, backtrack. The book is only a few chapters, but it has so many profound stories that you could never preach this in 10 preachings. And I mean that. You have to read it. It's an enjoyable read. 15 minutes, do it today. It's intriguing. It's like a TV show, only better. And look for God everywhere, because my God, the sovereignty of Jesus. So now she's there, and we know the story. There's a terrible edict. All the Jews, every single one of them, are going to be exterminated and killed. Thank you. I appreciate that. They're going to be exterminated. What do they do? Well, he tells her. She gets a little timid. Doesn't another teaching, but she quotes the law. You're the wife, and you're quoting the law, but that's for another day. And she goes in afraid out of her mind that he's going to kill her. The king, because you're not supposed to go in unannounced. He sees her. She says, now get this, this is a little funny thing. You have to sort of see it in their culture. She needs to persuade the king. So spiritually, she says, everybody fast for three days. Well done. But also, she's the queen. She got picked because she was one of the prettiest women in all of the world. This is after seeing thousands of women. She must have been a heck of a looker, right? Normally, normally, the, the way to get to the king's heart would be, well, you know, a little perfume. Maybe you go to a Victoria's Secret. You know, you do, you do a little something that, you know, might catch his attention. But, but she doesn't do that. She says, everybody come and pray for me. She got spiritually minded. That's a nice thing to see when she could have used her charms, because obviously she had in the past. So that's a very important point. She moves from the flesh realm to the spiritual realm, when probably she didn't have to. Very important point, a nuance in the scripture. So now she goes in, and he says to her, darling, unto half the kingdom, what can I do for you? Unbelievable. She says, well, can you come to a banquet with Haman? Of course. Haman is summoned. He's out of his mind happy. It's only me, the king and the queen. I can't believe this. I'm, I'm the most wonderful man on the earth. They, they love me. I'm going to be the president. Oh, my goodness. Back when she goes, well, what at the banquet? Honey, what can I do for you? And here's where it gets amazing. She says... She doesn't muster up the courage. She somehow or another doesn't say him. And she must have stuttered, stammered, and said, well, 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 can you come to another banquet? I mean, it's, on, it's like, what? When you read it, you go, what is all that about? Come to a banquet, come to another banquet, and it's like as if there's no explanation. It's unthinkable. You have your shot, you have your moment, there's the perpetrator, there's the man who wants to exterminate you and your family. He wants to kill your uncle. You got him in front, right in the crosshairs, and you, you pause. Ah, we serve a living God. What a reason. So now another banquet is prepared, right? They're gonna come to another one. Haman leaves walking on cloud nine. 
And who does he run into? Mordecai, the Jew. And Mordecai will not bow. Everybody else does. They see Haman down. Yes, my lord. Yes, my lord. Walks past Mordecai in front of everybody. And Mordecai sticks his chest out and goes, No chance. I'm a Jew. Oh my God, what a moment. Well, Haman goes off enraged. I mean, out of his mind angry. And they plot. Put a gallows 50 cubits high. That's almost 100 feet tall. Build it immediately. And he works through the night to get the gallows built by the following morning. I mean, this guy is spitting fire. Never mind cotton. Imagine the amount of men he had to muster up. His family was involved. His wife's involved. Everybody, put up those gallows. Hang that Jew. Really, it's just like that, only a lot worse in the Bible. What a moment. Strangely, the king, who's over the world, basically, and I mean it, can't sleep. The guy who is running a world can't muster his own pillow. And he gets amnesia. And he wakes up. He summons his attendants. They run into the room. Yes, my lord, what can we do for you, king? He goes, I don't know. <sighs> get me a book. What? You want to read? Yeah, get me a book. Okay, would you like the music, the songs, songs, history, uh, po uh, poems, uh, beautiful stories, short stories, comedy? What would you like? I don't know. Get me the records. What records? Get me the governmental records. What? You want to... What governmental records? You, you own half the... What country? I don't, I don't know. Pick one. You own 127 provinces. Which one? I have no idea. Just pick one. I want, read. Tell me what happens in the government courts. They run, they get a book. Thousands of books, they get a book. Turn to a page. What do you want us to read? I don't know. Turn. They turn. And amazingly, it's a story of a plot against his own life. Time before. And he was discovered, the, the plot was discovered by Mordecai, the Jew. And the king says, this man saved my life? Yes, king. How come I don't know it? I don't know why they didn't tell you. Oh my God. So there was an assassination attempt, and this man by the name of Mordecai told the attempt and saved me? Yes, he did. What, what did we do for him? Did you reward him? Oh, uh, we're a little embarrassed, but frankly, no, we've never done anything. What do you mean you haven't done anything? How dare you? I'm, I'm, that kind of, I'm that kind of man, you saved my life and I'm going to leave him without... Oh, 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 oh. Who's in the court? Who's in the court? Who's working all night putting up a gallows? Haman, the guy who puts the gallows to kill Mordecai. He goes, who's in the court? Who's going to be in the court morning night? No, oh, there is somebody in the court. It's Haman. Get him. Come over here. Haman. He stands before the king. I love this moment. Haman. Yes, king. Now, mind you, he was just to the banquet. He thinks he's the favorite son of 
the king. He was. The king says, what should be done for the man that has this and that and has saved the king's life? And, and he starts espousing my... And Haman thinks he's talking about him. Well, <laughs> pardon me, but excuse me. Maybe you should put him on the king's royal horse and put on the king's robe and the king's crown and have someone walk in front of him saying, Behold this wonderful man. <clears throat> but if I do say so myself. And the king says, Wonderful! What an idea! You go do that right now for Mordecai. He went, What? What? You want me to what? That's right. I want you to walk Mordecai through the entire city saying, This is the man the king desires to honor. That's the God that wants to do that for you. You think your enemy is against you? Let me tell you a story. Jesus Christ is going to make your enemy serve you and bow the knee to you. Learn this book. God doesn't want this book in a closet. And we've all too much just focused on this wonderful princess, and we should. But there's another 20 revelations in this book. And we're missing the more important ones that God would never allow you, the Jew. And let me tell you something. When a Jew acts like a Jew, Jehovah shows up. And when a Christian acts like a Christian, Jehovah Jesus Christ shows up. The thing is, don't bow to the world. You see this tiny little nation? See it, study it. God said when the fig tree blossoms after 2,586 years, you didn't even know the name Israel existed. No one used the term. It was gone from the minds of men. Generations died and passed on. Generation after, after, after generation, after generation. There was no mention of Israel. All of a sudden, just like God said, Oh, she's going to be there again. Don't you worry about it. I will gather her from the disperser and I will bring her from every country all over the world and we gather her and that will be the sign. There she is, one of the most powerful engines in all of the world. She fits in Jackson Heights. There's more Jews in the United States than there are in Israel. But when you act like what you are, when a decision comes and says, I'm going to trust God. Lop my head off, but I'm not bowing to you because I serve my God. So now, Haman is walking Mordecai around all across the city. His wife tells him, you're done. He goes home crying hysterical. Do you know what they just made me do? And the wife says, Get, this is a great wife. She tells you after the fact, not in front. Everybody should be married to an idiot like this. Listen to this. She says, you, God, you fell in front of a Jew, you're dead. You start falling in front of a Jew, you're gone. Somehow or another, the Christians hear that about the Jew. But you don't hear that about you. Man, you are God's favorite people. Unbelievable. You know what the answer was? Oh, what a, what a revelation for Esther to be in the house. That is the church. You know what the revelation is? Be in the church. Show God because they were blessed because Esther was next to the king. You got to hear that. They got saved because the Jew Esther was near next to the throne of God. They had Esther. We have Jesus for crying out loud. It's look what a Jewish girl did. How about a Jewish king? What do you think he might do for us?
Uh, Jesus was Jewish. Jesus was Jewish. Jesus was Jewish. Do you know he's still Jewish, in case you didn't know that? He's the same yesterday, today, forever. You're Jewish, you just don't know that. You're a Jew from above. So, you gotta marvel at this now. You, you, gotta, you gotta, this is why they scream and shout. This is why the Jews are so happy and they're really thankful, which we should emulate this Thanksgiving. So now, the second banquet. So all of that took place in between the first banquet and the second banquet. So you think there's a delay in God answering your prayer. You think you blew it because you had the opportunity, like she did, and you didn't take advantage of it. And you think, well, my time passed. You're wrong. You're just in between the first and second banquet. That's all. It's a process. So God takes that delay in your life that you think you ruined it, and he goes, you're my baby. I'm not going to let you ruin it. You think you're going to ruin it. You just don't know how good daddy is. I'm not going to let you ruin it. <laughs> what makes you think this is in your hands? I'm daddy. You're not. You know what I mean? I love when my children think they made the decision. Like, well, you didn't necessarily make the decision. <laughs> you think you did. Yeah, you did. You think you blew it. You didn't blow it. There's a lot more coming, son. Just shut up and sit down and enjoy dinner. And that's what God is saying. There's a lot more coming. You're the queen. You're his bride. He's not going to let you down. He's not going to let some heathen amicalite. It started with Joshua. It ended in the king's house with Mordecai. The amicalites were done. They were finished, finally. Because one man refused to bow. One man said, no, 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 no. I'm going to stand up for what I am. I am a Jew. You're never going to see such proud people in a good way. I, I marvel at, at the Jewish race, the Jewish religion, the Jewish way of life, the Jewish nation, their culture, their heritage. I marvel at it because they are never ashamed. We got into a plane a couple of months ago, and there's this man, this Jewish man, and I love it. He has on his garb, his hair. He's dressed in a way where it's different than American. He doesn't give a flying hoot. He is secure in who he is, unlike Haman, who was insecure in who he was. He was a Mordecai. I don't need for you to approve of me. He approves of me. I don't care what you think about my dress. I dress for him. What a way of life. We have a lot to learn. So, as the story goes, at that second banquet, the king says, what can I do for you? And she says, that's the man. Now try to understand how God had prepared everything. When he found out, you're trying to kill who? Mordecai? You're trying to kill the man that saved my life? Oh, did God set the dinner plate. This was an unbelievable moment. So the king now, he's enraged. You are trying to exterminate the people that saved me. Hmm. I wish you could leap in this doctrine. We just don't have time to discuss it. But I'll repeat that phrase. You're trying to hurt the people that saved me. Look into that. Because today, there are people that are trying to save Jesus, his body. They're trying to save his children which he considers to be himself, Matthew 25. 
And there are people that try to hurt those people. They ought not. Haman was a very wicked, evil man. And when someone tries to attack another Christian by criticizing him, thinking they know, thinking they've discerned it, they have, you know, they've, they're the jury, the executioner, they're the prosecutor, they're the lawyers. They know, I know that Charles is a hypocrite. I know that Charles is a liar. I know that Charles is not really a true Christian. He's a fraud. I know this. And how do you know this? Well, because one day Charlie told the fib. And Charlie didn't give me what I wanted. And Charlie hurt me. So therefore, I am qualified. I sit in the beamer seat of Jesus Christ. I sit here. I have the scepter of God. I am sitting on the mercy seat full of my own blood. I am Jesus Christ. I have the right and the knowledge because I'm omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. I am brilliant, and I know that I can judge you. Well, then, I'm changing your name to Haman. And you better realize, it ain't me changing your name. It's God changing your name. Don't do damage to people that are trying to save Jesus. Don't dare, because it's a dangerous predicament to be in. And just because you're walking around with robes and you have favor from people and you think you have power and you have power to hurt people with your tongue to say things about them that you shouldn't say and you get away with it, that doesn't mean the gallows that you're building you're not going to be hanging on next week. Be really careful. I know that's a little negative, but it's right there in the book and it's got to be told. I ask for you to read this book. Please enjoy it. Read it over and over again. It's a great read. It's not, you know, the first chapters of the Chronicles with all the, you know what. It's enjoyable. It's really clever. It's well written by a supreme God who wants to show you that no matter what you think is against you, and even if you haven't gotten to that first banquet just yet, this is God that's running your life. This is God that has set the pieces that don't look right right now because you, you're seeing nothing. You've you got one-tenth, you know, you're looking through the kaleidoscope and it looks all cloudy and you don't understand that the other end of that kaleidoscope is the glory of Jesus Christ right there for your life. <laughs>